I'm so encouraged. You know, I am uh, so thankful for what God is doing in our midst and in our lives. And you can just feel a stir of the Spirit. And I'm loving it. I love it. And, uh, you know, um, revival is normal. You know, so many, like, like, and revivals just aren't like you set up a tent and have your meetings outside. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, you know, there were tent revival meetings in the past. And, um, and uh, but revival is not extended weekly meetings per se. Sometimes there are extended weekly meetings because revival is happening. But extended weekly meetings are not revival in and of itself. Revival is to revive. How many know if you need to be revived, something bummer was happening? Right? So that can't be seen as normal. Life without revival cannot be the normal Christian life. Matter of fact, Jesus, you know, one of our heroes, Bill, says, I love this statement, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. And, I, you know, when if you start wondering about what the Christian life should look like, then just get back into the gospel and see the things Jesus said and did. That's normal Christian life. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. Well, Father, we thank you uh, for your love for us. Jesus, we thank you for the cross and, and that you rose. <laughs> Thank you for your blood that covers all sins, all imperfections, washes everything away, and presents us before the Father perfect. (laughs) Oh, God, not tolerated, but perfect. And we thank you for that. They were perfectly loved. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We invite you to come and move and touch us today. God, that you don't have to wait till the end of a message. And you don't have to wait for the beginning of a message either. You just move when you want to. And the fact is, God, you've never, there's never been a time or even a place outside of time that you weren't moving. Because that's what you do. You move. You live and you move. And, and you call us to do the same. You said, in me, you know what, in him, it says we live and we move and we have our being. And God, I thank you that living things move and you're alive. And, and you never stop moving. God, you've never, there's never been a time when you said, you know, I'm just not going to do anything good for a couple thousand years. <laughs> so we thank you, Father, that you're always moving. And so the key is to find out what you're doing and, and sometimes the way you're doing it and get it. And, um, and, and we just say, have your way with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. You know, remember the bracelets, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? I love that question, you know. But I would say that probably, not all, but I would say that movement is a wonderful movement. What would Jesus do? It's a great question to ask in your life, right? Every day, right? And I mean... You know what's even better than that is that we don't have to wonder what would Jesus do. We do have his example written in a book. But we don't just have to look back at a historical document 
we have a living relationship with him today. So we just say, what would Jesus do? That's a good question. You know what else? Lord, what would you like me to do? He'll tell you. <laughs> and Lord, what are you doing? You can just ask that question. What are you doing? And when he tells you, do that. That's just a great key to life. You know, we spend too much time trying to get God to join us in our pursuit. When he's like, I just want you to join mine. And mine's proven. It works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, sometimes he just blesses what we're doing anyway. Because we're his kids. But I, I want to do what he's doing. And, um, you know, I love how God confirms things. You know, uh, this morning I'm going to talk about um, a title. Let's see. I want to talk about uh, being children of light. How many know that's a good thing? Children of light. And the reality in the scripture, and the reality today that we are, in Christ, children of light. And it's not just a metaphor. (laughs) It's not just a metaphor. It's so much deeper. So much more real. So much more of a reality that's going to blow our minds. And um, by the way, guys, I do just want to say again, let's all eat lunch together today. Denise is making an amazing lunch. If you've got something in the crock pot, great news. Dinner tonight. Just just hang out, love each other, let's eat together, and uh, let's laugh together and enjoy uh, lunch together as a family. And it'll be right here afterwards. So I better hurry up with the message because at some point the smell is going to get distracting, I know. And, uh, but you know, Dave mentioned as he was opening for worship that uh, about greater glory. I love how God confirms things. And uh, in a minute, we'll read our text. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. That's where we're going to start. And I'm probably going to reference so many scriptures today. And we're still only skimming the surface of this whole subject of light. But we're really going to just come out of 2 Corinthians 3.18 today. And we're going to read that together in a minute. But you know, Dave said, I, I just want something like, don't you want your children or I want my children to experience greater glory, more of God's glory than we're living in today. How many know that's God's way? That inheritance is to increase from generation to generation. And the purpose of stewardship actually is increase. Not just so you get a pat on the back. It's because he goes, I got so much more I want to give you. Isn't that a good word? And I was thinking today in worship and and, uh, actually pre-service prayer, I just realized, you know, Jesus is the church builder. We're not. You know, we're like, I'm going to build a church. Well, he said he was going to build a church. On this rock, I will build my church. Who's going to build it? Yeah. So oftentimes we get it backwards where we're trying to build something. And he goes, well, I build. I'm going to build you. I'm going to build your life. I'm going to build my church. What I want you to do is release the kingdom. (laughs) And it's so fun. And it has everything to do with being a child of the light, a son or a daughter of God. And and the truth is, this greater glory is already historically proven. Since the fall, the earth has had ever-increasing glory of God because glory was lost. That's what Adam lost in the fall. He lost the glory of God that would reside on him. And... And around him and living that, that life in the glory constantly, 
right? And, um, and so since that day, God said, I'm on a pursuit. I'm going to get it back. I'm going to get my people back, and I'm going to manifest my glory on my people. And as you can, what, what you can see from Genesis to Revelation up until present time is an ever-increasing glory of God upon the earth. Where like the patriarchs, they got like one visit or two visits from God. And you know, it's amazing, you know, Abraham, the father of faith, but you know, he had like, he had like two, and he had like just a, a few real encounters with the Lord, and he was living his life on those encounters. You know, and Israel went through entire times when, when the society would fall into darkness, so God would raise up a judge, a judge would bring it back, that's called revival. It's not a new, you know, it's not a new thing. It's just what we call it. God would say, whoa, they're getting too far off track. Raise up a judge, bring him back. Everybody is looking to him again. Great. And then so on with the prophets. He started doing it with the prophets. And then what you can see is the frequency of God showing up on planet Earth, encountering people. Not only the frequency, but the, the magnitude and, and, and how many people He's manifesting himself to is ever increasing. And so this is the story of the scripture and this is the story of God. This is what God is doing. And and then and so there's a lot more you could say or there's more that you could say in that. But for the sake of time, fast forward to present day. What we're seeing is that we're I believe we're living in the greatest times that the earth has ever seen. And there are those who are like, well, let's say there is one who would like to broadcast a message of, of doom and gloom and negativity, that everything is getting bad and worse. And, and there are places that you can look, and it would be right to have great concern over some situations in the world, in our, in our society, that there are many needs that are yet to be met, and there are many places that need an outpouring, and there are very scary places and hard places to live on the earth, but there's never been a better time to live on planet Earth as a whole, as today. And, and I believe that you can read revival history, and you can read in the scripture, that even the move of God itself, there has never been a time that I, that I can see that, uh, you know, from reading revival history and things like that, where the magnitude of revival and the amount of people carrying this torch of God's presence and the message of the gospel all around the world, it is like multiplying constantly. I've said this before, but I have a friend who, um, who is a, a, a great evangelist doing amazing things. The kind of people who like, you're like, you're the kind of person that I used to read about. You're my friend. You know, it's just interesting when you, you know what it does? It helps you to realize that like everybody's regular people. Like Billy Graham, he's a, not an average person, but a regular person. And I think the difference between regular, and like not average and a great, is really their yes. So I just want to throw that out there. Like I don't believe that God says some people can do great things and some people cannot. Because the scripture says many are called, but few are chosen. And actually, many are called, but few are sent. And if you really look into that verse, what it means is the call goes out, and whoever is sent are the ones that hear it and say yes. So it's open to all. 
And we're gonna we're gonna throw that out there today. And uh, I'm gonna read this verse. Oh, and then and then Jonathan got up and then he said, so Dave said, greater glory. And then Jonathan got up and he said, basically, make time, make time to look at him, make time to become aware of him. And I love, you know, and it isn't about the time or how long the time, but it's just living aware. And, and it's, and it's, it's, it's amazing how, you know, when, when things turn into a grind and you're driven by what you got to do, and instead you say, who decides what I got to do? I'm going to be Mary instead of Martha. Yeah, there might be somebody who thinks I should be doing something else. But if I'm sitting at Jesus' feet and he's happy about it, who cares? <laughs> if Jesus is happy, good, it's a good day. Everything else will sort itself out. Amen. All right. The Lord help. Amen. Okay. Uh, here we go. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and... Um, I'm just going to read verse 18, but just so you know, it's talking about being, chapter 3 is about being a minister of the new covenant, and there's a contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant, and a reference to Moses, how Moses beheld the glory of God on the mountain, and that he came down and the children of Israel couldn't even look at Moses' face, even though that was a glory that was fading away. Moses came down, you know, like glow in the dark. You, you know, how many know have had an item that's glow-in-the-dark? You know what? Like, when I was a kid, yo-yos were awesome, like the Duncan yo-yo. I'll be honest, even right now, if I get a yo-yo in my hand, I'm like, these are awesome, and I have fun with it. But the Duncan glow-in-the-dark was like the coolest yo-yo. But like, a glow-in-the-dark is what? You put it up to the light, somehow it absorbs light. I don't know how it works. Somebody probably does in here. And... um and then you turn off the lights, and it glows. And you can watch it. At first, it's real bright, and then it dims, and it dims, and it dims, and pretty soon, if it sits long enough, it doesn't glow at all, and you've got to re-expose it to the light. This is the old covenant. <laughs> Moses was on the mountain. It's a pretty awesome covenant, though, even the old God, well, let's say God. God's awesome. God's always been the same. Okay? And so... Moses would get into the presence of God and he comes down glowing. Literally glowing, guys. Children of light. I want you to be thinking about this. What does it mean to be a child of the light? And what is my capacity to radiate the glory of God from my life in a tangible way? What could that look like? I think, you know, guys, I, I, wanna, I meant to say this at the beginning. I feel called in a beautiful way, such an invitation from the Lord in this season to go deeper with Him. And I don't mean that as hard work. Uh, sometimes, you know, people go like, you know, like, I stopped using the word. I don't think it's a bad word. A lot of people use it. But I kind of stopped using the word press in because it sounded so, it sounds like hard work. You're pressing. Press in. Press in. We all press in. I press in. I just started going, you know, I'm not just going to press in. I'm just going to lean in. I'm going to fall in. You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> there's nothing, there's no resistance. Like, there's no, there's no, like, semi-permeable membrane around God that I have to, like, get through. You know? Like, I'm like, I'm in. He's actually in. I'm in. We're in. So I'm just going to fall in. 
So let's fall in together. Presence night tonight. Let's fall in. Amen. A little bit of recap um, from last week. We talked a little bit about... Um, uh, we talked about how the first man, Adam, uh, became a, uh, a, a living soul. The last man, Adam, became a life-giving spirit, right? And we know that the scripture says, as he is, or as he is, so are we in this world, right? We talked about how in, uh, in uh, Colossians 1.18, how uh, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, not the first raised from the dead, because prophets raised the dead in, in the Old Testament, but that he was the firstborn from the dead, that, and, that, and that, that, that the word is, uh, it means like prototype. So Jesus Christ is the prototype. And so if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So God recreated the human race in Christ. Whoa, think about it. You just didn't get polished up. You didn't get accepted in. Now I can tolerate you because of what Jesus did. You're still old and crummy, but I can tolerate you. You don't irritate me as much because Jesus went to the cross. No. You know, you know I know. But you know what? You know you felt that way before. And, and so, like, and, but no. But we come into the presence of God perfect in the Father's sight because we are actually brand new creation. So something happened that was more than a polish. More than a, you know, the God of the second chances. No, it's not just God of the second chance. It's the God of creation recreating you. And, and he said, okay, it got messed up. Let's just redo it and we'll do it better than ever before. And now you're going to be like Jesus, who was a life-giving spirit. And now you're not just going to be like Adam, a living soul. Because I'm going to put my life-giving spirit inside of you and everywhere you go, right? Remember, the best way, the best thing that happens in the Old Testament is that your cup runs over. But now there's no cup. <laughs> you're the fountain. Like, you're, you're, you got the headwaters inside of you. You don't have a cup anymore. Fill my cup, Lord. It's, I got a river of life flowing out of me. Remember that song? I got a river of life flowing out of me. And so, it's flowing out of me. It's flowing out of you. Say, I've got a river flowing out of me. Listen, so the next time you feel dry, just remember there's a river flowing out of you. Don't forget to take a drink of it. It's not just for everyone else. It's for you, too. All right. So, it's powerful, right? You ever, have you ever thought about it that way? That literally, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. So he created everything, and then he recreated us back perfectly into the image of God. He said, you're brand new. That old guy or that old woman is dead, buried, gone. Remember the things I did? Uh, I remember the thing that some dead guy did, but now... You are a new creation. So nothing I ever did before Christ, you know what I mean? Like, anyway. I met a guy. I met a guy that I went to high school with one time years ago in a restaurant. 
this guy was mad at me for something. I don't know what it was. I don't think I was that bad of a guy. I always like to have fun, but I don't know. He was mad at me about something. And, uh, and uh, you know how it goes. Like, nobody's perfect, and I wasn't serving the Lord in those years. And I just remember thinking, you know what's amazing is it doesn't even bother me because he's mad at a dead guy. Like, <laughs> so I just loved him. Hey, man, great to see you. So let's just guilt and shame just fall right off, you know. You know, the Bible says there is no condemnation. No. No. Do you know it's illegal for a Christian to feel condemned? And we've all felt condemned, but it's illegal. And sometimes you're trying to fix what's not broken, which is why you can't fix it. You can't fix a lie. You just have to walk away from it. You just got to quit believing it. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like we're just like, uh, you know, like I'll be a light. I'll shine bright when I get better, when I fix, when I get better at this, when I'm better at my devotions, when I don't lose my temper at work still sometimes, when I uh, forget about that. Just walk away. You know what I mean? It's like you're trying to fix something that's not, it's like it's imaginary. It's literally a lie. There's no substance to it. You're feeling condemned about yourself. You're feeling unaccepted. You know what the answer is? Is go, it's a lie. God loves me. And you walk away from it. There is no condemnation. You are a child of light. You used to walk in darkness. But now you walk in the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never say never. Never, never walk in darkness. But I made a mistake. Well, you have an advocate. Let's move on. Ask forgiveness. Confess. Move on. But you're still not walking. You see, there's a difference between stumbling or making a mistake or not being your best in a situation. Because sometimes that's what it comes down to, you know. You ever apologize for... for, uh, for, uh, like treating somebody badly and they're like oh, what are you talking about I didn't even notice it and you're like I guess I was just all feeling angst inside but it didn't come out and I'm glad about that but you know what I'm talking about like it was just all inside but we beat ourselves up so much about things like that and you know you just got to realize you're loved you're light and so get back to shining really the whole purpose of condemnation is to put a basket over your life we haven't read the text yet. No. I'm going to let it shine. Just receive from the Lord right now. <laughs> uh, joy, you know what Caleb posted this week? Joy is a serious business in the kingdom. It's a great word, Caleb. <laughs> joy is serious business. God's serious about joy. Let's read it. But we all, with unveiled face, 
So remember, the light was fading. It was the glow-in-the-dark yo-yo, right? Glow-in-the-dark Moses came down, and they were like, even the glowing, the residual glow from being in the presence of God, like the glory of God had seeped into his face, into his being, into his skin, and he came down glow-in-the-dark or glow-in-the-light, because <laughs> maybe it was day when he came down, but that's, that's some serious glowing when you're glowing in the light. And, and, um, and, and, they were like, and he literally put a veil over his face because they couldn't look at it. We can't look at that. Okay, I'll wear a veil. But that glory was fading, okay? And so in that context, it says this. They couldn't even look at that. But this is you and me right here. It says, but we all oh, are like that. You mean like like the, the special Christians, right? No such thing. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a child of God that's more important than another. We all have different roles and different functions, and some are more seen than others, but the Scripture says the ones that are less seen actually get more honor. So that's pretty awesome. You know what? We're going to get to heaven, and we're going to be standing in the rewards line, and there's going to be people, there's going to be people, there's going to be like, Praying grandmas and like moms and and there are going to be people like probably janitors who mopped halls and prayed and prayed and they were faithful and nobody saw, hardly anybody saw. You're going to get there and you're going to go, who's that guy, a great evangelist? Look at his rewards. Anyway. So we all, that's the point. All of us with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image. What image? What's that? The image of God. We all. We all with unveiled face. With unveiled face, okay, Moses had to veil the glory that was fading. We're talking about a glory that doesn't quit. We're talking about a greater glory here. No veil. Because in Christ, it says in scriptures, in the verses before, in Christ, the veil is removed. No membrane. No veil. We're falling in. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to enjoy. Just look in the mirror. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. What happens, somebody tell me, what happens when you look in a mirror? It's complicated. So think about it. Yeah. You see yourself. What happens when you look in a mirror? You see what you look like. Now, James talks about that sometimes we can look into the mirror and we can walk away and forget what we look like. But when you forget what you look like, you just got to look back into the mirror. The Word of God is a mirror, but Jesus is the Word. See, like this Word, we see the face of God in this Word because of the Holy Spirit, right? But there's something more than that where... In your secret place, you are the secret place. 
so you don't have to be in a closet. And even in your busy day, you can be walking around. You're still a secret place. You can look into the face of God, into the mirror. You can just become aware of Him. Living aware of the presence of God is probably one of the best things that you can do. Because we're not climbing any ladders. We're not like, do you understand what I'm saying? There's nothing left to earn. You can't earn level. You're not, you can steward and you can experience increase in areas of the outflow of anointing. It's true. You can steward the glory and the more that you... But, but it all comes back to the first point, living aware. Simply living aware is stewardship of the presence. Because when I live aware of His presence in my life, it affects the way I live. And, I, and then, I, then the beauty is I quit trying to become better and I start getting transformed. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says we're His workmanship. The Lord said to me one time, what work does work do? What are you working on? You're the work. You ever seen a pot form itself on a wheel? You never will. (laughs) We're still, like we're still His work. We're His workmanship created in Christ to do good works. That he's prepared in advance, you know, and 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 so we're gonna have to dig in. I'm gonna stay on this. This is enough of a message today. I want to talk more about the reality of being children of light, about uh, that Jesus modeled uh, being what it means to be a being of light when he was transfigured on the mountain. But we'll just get a little taste, okay? Today, do you understand? That you were called to shine. And sometimes we think like we're waiting for something to happen. Like, but do you know what? The mill needs a light. And, and Weaverville needs a light. And Holiday needs a light. The world needs a light. And wherever you go, you know, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And then he turned around and he said, you're the light of the world. Wait a minute, Jesus. I'm what you are? That's right. That's what I paid for. Oh, now that's pretty humbling. Come on, that's a good one. <laughs> and sometimes we're trying to earn acceptance or worthiness or I'll, I'll be a light. I'll tell people about, I'll be a light when I'm better at this. And the point is, you never get better when you live that way. It, as a matter of fact, it goes the other way. I was listening to a message by Alan Hood one time, and he was talking about how he was really struggling, I think it was being a grump in his marriage in his early days. And he said, so I got a plan. I got all these scriptures, and I start quoting scriptures to myself all day. And he's really working hard at quoting all and I'm like, the Word of God does renew, right? But, but when it's a formula that you're trying to, like, shape yourself with, you know what I'm saying? It isn't your routine that changes you. It's God. It's God's Spirit inside of you that bears His fruit in you so we can just fall in. We're trying to climb a ladder, and He's like, lay down! Lay down! Look in the mirror! 
Look into my face. Remember how much I love you. 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 Oh, I got stuff to do. Just, I love you. And then pretty soon you're like, you melt. You love me, Lord. I love you too. I love you too. I love you. I love you. Oh, look at you. You're beautiful. You know, and you start looking into the face of God. And what happens when you walk out of there, you can't help but to shine. You do it on accident. I remember when I got baptized in the Spirit for the first, like, really powerfully. And I remember, like, people looked at me that day in such a way. It was like this, like, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, that's probably how I look, too. But, but, but I noticed, when I look back at those memories, I noticed. And there were other times in my life when I'm like, I remember I, one of the pastors I grew up with uh, saw me. I came to their, it was like another church in town. They were having a special event. and Nothing was going on where we were. And so I went over there and, and um, special night. And uh, Gary looked at it. He looked at me and he goes, how you do it? And he just looks at me and he goes, you're glowing. And I was like, I feel, I, I remember thinking, I feel like I'm glowing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what surrender does. You can't do it. But when you quit trying and you be. In Him we live and move and have our being. Not in Him we live and move and work and do stuff. We just be. And when we flow, when we, when we look into His face, when we look into the mirror... This, then you're transformed into the same image. When you look into the face of Christ, you see who you really are. This message is for somebody. Let me just tell you something. If you feel excluded from this word today, then it is especially for you. That's the truth. Was it R.T. Kendall? He said, the time you heard the gospel, and it was too good to be true... That's the time you actually heard it. <laughs> the gospel is like, it's too good to be true. But it is. You were born to shine. Here's the thing. Sometimes you're working at polishing up your character when all you really need to do is shine. And do you realize that, like, the light that you shine is a perfect light? So your, your little, like, imperfections and even your big mistake, that you just come to him and it's over. You go to a friend, you come to the Lord, and you move on. Because you are a child of light and you're born to shine. And you know what I find? The more I look in the mirror... And the more I let my light shine, the less time I have for all the dumb little things. To think, to, to let the little things get to me about what this person says or this person thinks. Or what's going to happen with this thing over here or this little situation. Or when's that family member going to, you know, have a breakthrough in their life. And, you know, the cares of the world that get to you and start to weigh you down. The cares of the world. 
You know, but I find like, and they're like, well, and then you've got people going, well, this is important and that's important. But you know what I find? It's like when you, you know, it's that whole thing where you put the, the big rocks and the small rocks and the sand and then you pour the water. You guys ever seen that? But you just pour the sand in first, the big rocks don't fit. And I realized that like when we seek first the kingdom, everything else fits. And then some things that you thought were so important, you realize they actually don't aren't important at all. They really don't matter. They just kind of vanish. But then like Mary, I've, I get to enjoy the best part. And what happens then? Light, peace, light. You're light. Listen, he is the father of lights. We are the children of Light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You are the of the world. In Revelation, it says this. It says that in the new Jerusalem, there will be no need for a sun or a moon or stars. Because the Lamb is the lamp. I mean, you do realize that before He created the heavenly lights, He said, let there be light, and there was light. So light... Light is, God is light. It says He dwells in unapproachable light. So let your light shine. You know, when you quit trying and you start shining, you just, and you know what you need to do? Like, honestly, some of you just, you live with this little, like, nagging, like, thing every day. Just, it's not good enough. And you don't even know, you're not even conscious of it. It's just this, draining voice of condemnation that tells you you're sure you're messing up somewhere. But I just want to tell you, that is not God. That is not God. Because every time God comes and He has something to say to me, you know what happens? I feel drawn in. God's always the one saying, come to me. Come to me. God's answer for everything is come to me. But I made this mistake. Come to me. (laughs) <laughs> Come to me. Why would you stand? There's actually a scripture that says that in Luke where it says that when your eye is focused, when your eye is single, then the whole body is full of light. And it says it's actually like when a lamp shines upon you and illuminates you. I, I just feel like God is just inviting us I've been hearing this invitation, and it's for us. It's for you. It's for us. Um, and I feel like the Lord is saying, like, to some people, will you, will you journey with me again? Like, some people, you've had a good, like, you're, you're living life. Don't get me wrong. Like, you're living a good life. I don't know even who this is. I don't even know. But I just know that I've heard it, and I feel this invitation from the Lord, where it's like, you've, you've seen some amazing things. You, you live in a good life. 
But I feel like the Lord is saying, I'm moving. Will you, will you pull up your tent and come with me? Will you journey with me some more? There's more. There's more. And I just feel so invited by the Lord. And I'm like, yeah, we used to sing that song. Yes, Lord, we'll ride with you. If you're around in the renewal days. But I just want to, today, what I want to do is I just want to, let's say yes together. If that's you, do you, just respond to the Lord in your own heart. You know what I love about it? It's like you can do anything outwardly, but really God looks on the heart. And in the heart, when you say, God, I don't know what it means, but I want to journey with you again. I, or I want to continue to journey. Like I haven't stopped. But I am just again saying today, God, where you go, I'll go. What you're doing, I want to do. And and there's an invitation in this time for us. And that and I believe that um, even this presence night that we started is a way to do it corporately. But it's it's all day, every day invitation. But let's come together on Sunday nights corporately. There was such a great showing last week, you guys. It was amazing. Looking forward to tonight. But let's lean in together. So um, would you just put out your hands to receive? There's no formula, Lord. Just a yes. Oh. <laughs> Lord, we, just, we, we look into the mirror today. And we thank you that all we have to do is look to you. It's, it says that they looked to him and they were radiant. When you look into his face, you just become radiant. You just shine. You just shine. You just shine. So I just released that. Lord, I thank you for uh, face-to-face, unveiled, face-to-face, whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be a spectacular open vision, but it could be. I want that. But it could just be that place of peace in the presence of God where you sit by the fire in your chair or you take a walk outside Whatever it may be, but it's in that place where you're face to face with God in His presence. And everything melts away and, and it becomes a way of life when you're just reminded. I look into the mirror and I see who I am. What am I like, Lord? He says, look at my face. Look at my face. That's what you're like. Whoa. Father, what do I look like to you? Oh, look at Jesus. You'll understand. That's what you look like. Pure. Light. Alive. Powerful. Living. Full of the Spirit. So, Father, we thank you for more. Come, Holy Spirit. Uh, just receive a fresh touch today. And, Lord, we just say yes to you. And we break agreement with condemnation. Ladder climbing. <laughs> Ladder climbing Christianity, you know. Forget about that. You're in the family. Look at the face. And Lord, we thank you that as we release your kingdom, as we shine the light, as we just live as you've created us to be, that you're bringing people. You're bringing people into our lives. You're bringing people into this place. And you're touching our, our town. You're touching our county. We just declare Trinity County actually belongs to you, Lord. You're the true Trinity. 
And we just declare that Trinity County is a place for the Lord. It's, it's the place where God's kingdom expands and manifests and flows out 